Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. No one hears anyone else in America anymore. Welcome to The Savage Nation. So, everyone asks me, everyone I talk to, which is about four people, uh, what do you think, Michael, who's going to win? I said, well, if you look at the websites, if you look at the Drudge Report, if you look at the polls, it's going to be like a slam dunk against Trump. And I said, I'm not so sure. I said, there's an, a silent majority that is not being heard from, that's being crushed, intimidated, silenced, shut up, closed down on social media. And then he said to me something very interesting. He said, Michael, I live in Beverly Hills. He said, it's the most Democrat stronghold in California, you would think, right? He said, yet there was a Trump rally over the weekend with 3,000 people. He said, I don't know what to think. I said, well, 61 million people already voted, and it seems to me most of them are Democrats, and if you you look at the forecasts on uh, the once Trump-supporting Drudge Report, it seems that it's it's over, that Trump's going down, and I said, I don't believe it. I don't know yet. I act, Truthfully, I don't know. Now, I voted for Trump just now. I have to be clear for my listeners. I just went and put in my ballot, my mail-in ballot. I dropped it in the polling box um, and, and left because I was afraid if I mailed it, it wouldn't get there on time. I waited too long. With all the propositions here in California, I could hardly keep up with them. As literate as I consider myself to be, I couldn't even follow half of the ballot measures. They're so tricky. But I knew who I was voting for, and it was not, it was not Biden. It was not Donald Duck. It was Donald Trump, so I voted for him. That's the only vote that really mattered to me. Do I know what's going to actually happen? With the violence being promulgated on the public by Antifa, the fascists of our time, the fake Black Lives Matter pacifists who are really violent, I don't know if you saw what happened in New York, but there was a, a motorcade of Jews for Trump. They were attacked along the way by Black Lives Matter and other thugs. Do you know what the local newspaper here in Sicko Sanfro, Sanfro Sicko said? Trump motorcade provokes attacks and it provokes violence. Do you understand how demented and sick this Bay Area is that I live in? Here are people in a motorcade going down Fifth Avenue, Orthodox Jewish people mainly, with their families, attacked by Black Lives Matter Marxist thugs, along with Antifa fascists, and the local newspaper has the nerve to reverse it and say Jews for Trump motorcade provokes attacks? Well, that's what you're going to get if you elect Kamala Harris. She's a product of the San Francisco machine. She is a product of this twisted 1984. 
She's a product of everything Orwell warned us about, and even worse. So I'll tell you, for to me, there was only one choice. I chose my path forward through Donald Trump. However, I will say this to you. We don't know who's going to win. Do we? Do we really know who's going to win? Does anyone really listening? So the local paper, the San Francisco propaganda sheet that's controlled by the Pelosi machine, says Jews for Trump car parade stirs protests and fights in New York. Are you listening to this? Do you believe how twisted these communists are in San Francisco? Jews for Trump car parade stirs protests and fights in New York. Orthodox religious Jewish families pepper sprayed by vermin who say that they're pacifists and lovers of Biden. My friends, it's a very dangerous time in America right now. And that's why you should listen very carefully, not to me, but to what's actually going on in this country. Do we really know who's going to win? I don't. And so we have to wait another week. Pelosi says she will seek another term as House Speaker, just what the doctor ordered. The great divider. The great divider will seek another term as House Speaker. I think that what she does is more important than who wins the election. This woman has more divided America than Trump has. This woman has more corrupted America than Trump has. This woman has more destroyed America's belief in Amer- Americans' belief in America than anyone has. Can you imagine another term of this octogenarian? Well, get ready for it because she has all the power. This is the Savage Nation. It's Monday. No emotional strain for me. Peace and quiet. Phone number here is 855-407-282. I want to begin with an inspirational speech, and I'll tell you how I came to it. You probably don't know who General Douglas MacArthur is. To me, he was one of my great heroes as a little boy. I loved him. And uh, when he was on a motorcade coming through New York City in the early 1950s, I was a little kid. I didn't know politics. But apparently I was a little patriotic Cub Scout at the time, and I wanted to go see General MacArthur as he drove in the motorcade uh, after, uh, I don't know, 1951, 52, down Queens Boulevard. I wanted to go with my dad and my sister to an overpass just to see the general go by in the motorcade. I love that man so much. Well, I didn't get to see it that night, but I watched what happened to MacArthur when the media got control of him. The same left-wing communists because there's no such thing as a right-wing communists, or right-wing communists. Uh, the same left-wing communist vermin in the media started to debase him. They called him almost the same names that they were calling Donald Trump today. Any patriot to the communist media, any patriot to the communist media is considered what? Is considered a traitor to their cause because their cause is not America. So I found his speech at West Point that he gave without any notes. It was amongst the best of the 20th century. And one of my tweeters, Tom Smith, says one of the best a countrymen have ever, ever produced. It ranks with the Gettysburg Address and Washington's Farewell Address. I listened to it last night in a movie called MacArthur in which Gregory Peck plays the general. I got news for you. As an older guy, I was stirred. It moved me to to tears, and I, I must tell you, I see no inspiration out there from either candidate. Although I am voting for Trump, I am not inspired by his speeches. Attacking your opponent is not inspiration. Frightening the American people is not an inspiration. When you hear this speech, you will hear what inspiration is. You will hear 
what puts steel in the spine of men from General MacArthur. And so when I tweeted this today, this morning, MacArthur's speech, which came out of nowhere, I mean, people say, what the hell is Savage doing now? Where did he get MacArthur's speech? What has that got to do with anything? Well, it was MacArthur's speech at West Point, and I said, here is inspiration, because I am so hungry for inspiration. And uh, one of my respondees on Twitter said, his name is Anders Stefan Rolf, he said, enemies and criminals always see law and order and its defenders as the enemy and an intolerable imposition, as if they were neutral, righteous men calmly deliberating. But I'm sure disease and bacteria look at vaccines as merciless enemies. It all depends on what you're trying to save and conserve. So when you look at Antifa, who are the fascists of our time, you look at the con men and the violent individuals in Black Lives Matter. They hate law and order. Anyone who tries to control them is a fascist. That's the game that they are playing. And so the very same hatred that they're inflicting upon Trump, the very same hatred in, different, in a different form was inflicted upon one of our great generals in the past, General Douglas MacArthur. And what I'm going to do right now for you is I'm not going to ask you to call and tell me what you think. I'm going to play a piece of this. It begins like this. And he wrote it, I understand, on the way to the speech. Can I read it to you and then play a little bit of it later? Maybe that'll be in the Gregory Peck voice. He starts like this. As I was leaving my hotel this morning, the doorman asked me, where are you bound for, sir? When I replied, West Point, he remarked, it's a beautiful place. Have you ever been there before? Duty, duty honor, country. Those three hallowed words reverently dictate what you ought to be, what you can be, or what you will be. They are your rallying points. They give you a temper of the will, a quality of the imagination, a vigor of the emotions, a freshness of the deep springs of life, a temperamental predominance of courage over timidity, an appetite for adventure over love of ease. Boy, did that hit me. In this way, they will teach you to be an officer and a gentleman. I want to go back over that last line. A temperamental predominance of courage over timidity, an appetite for adventure over love of ease. And look where we are in America today. Look where we are in America today. Look where we are in America today. And so that is the MacArthur speech that I was referring to that you have to listen to because we're all desperate, we're hungry, we're thirsty, we're parched for inspiration. And I had to go backwards in time to find it. Robert, please play a minute or two. We'll play the rest when I come back. MacArthur's great speech at West Point, which ranks with the great American speeches. Duty, honor, country. Those three hallowed words reverently dictate what you ought to be, what you can be, and what you will be. They are your rallying points. They give you a temper of the will, a quality of the imagination, a vigor of the emotions, a freshness of the deep springs of life, a temperamental predominance of courage over timidity, an appetite for adventure over love of ease. In this way, they will teach you to be an officer and a gentleman. Now, your we take a break, Robert, let's pause right there. I was thinking about this. So his three words, duty, honor, country. It dawned on me while hearing this last night, 
that my phrase of borders, language, culture was inspired by Douglas MacArthur's duty, honor, country. That is how one man can influence an entire generation. Savage. Okay, you know I'm a car guy. You know I've had a Hellcat. And with the ever-increasing numbers of cars like Dodge, BMW, and Volkswagen, and models like the Hellcat, X3, and Jetta, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. We all know that. I'm a car guy, and I'm telling you why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while a counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com right in your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts in a chain store or new car dealership when you could do it at home on your own computer? Now, you may not know this, but chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and reliably low they are. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible, rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Does not require this. You could just do it yourself. RockAuto.com is a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Just go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet sets. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered right to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. But best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write SAVAGE in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. That's S-A-V-A-G-E. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Don't stand online in an auto parts store and wait for the hostile clerk to get back to you. Go to rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Rock auto. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. What I'm going to do for you is play for you the entire movie speech. It's only four minutes long. It's worth it. Settle back. It doesn't insult anyone. It doesn't divide anyone. It doesn't attack communists. It says nothing negative. It's an inspirational speech, General Douglas MacArthur, to the boys, the men at West Point. Duty, honor, country. Please, let's listen. Duty, honor, country. Those three hallowed words reverently dictate what you ought to be, what you can be, and what you will be. They are your rallying points. They give you a temper of the will, a 
quality of the imagination, a vigor of the emotions, a freshness of the deep springs of life, a temperamental predominance of courage over timidity, an appetite for adventure over love of ease. In this way, they will teach you to be an officer and a gentleman. From your ranks come the great captains who will hold the nation's destiny in their hands the moment the war toxin sounds. The long gray line has never failed us. Were you to do so, a million ghosts in olive drab, in brown khaki, in blue and gray would rise from their white crosses, thundering those magic words, duty, honor, country. This does not mean that you are warmongers. On the contrary, the soldier above all other people prays for peace, for he must suffer and bear the deepest wounds and scars of war. But always in our minds ring the ominous words of Plato. Only the dead have seen the end of war. Twilight lives here. My days of old have vanished tone and tint. Glimmering through the dreams of things that were. Their memory is one of wondrous beauty, watered by tears and coaxed and caressed by the smiles of yesterday. I listen vainly but with thirsty ear for the witching melody of faint bugles blowing reveille. A far drum beating the long roll. In my dreams I hear the crash of guns, the rattle of musketry, the strange, mournful mutter of the battlefield. But in the evening of my memory, always I return to West Point. Their echoes and re-echoes. Duty, duty. Honor, honor. Country. Today marks my final roll call with you. I want you to know that when I cross the river. My last conscious thoughts will be of the core and the core and the core. I bid you farewell. That's MacArthur's speech at West Point. 
how one man could inspire an entire generation. Just think about the power of one man and what inspiration really means. Did you notice he didn't attack anyone? He didn't put anyone down? Listen carefully. Savage. Okay, my friends, from duty on a country to drug, sex, and rock and roll in one generation, welcome to the savage nation where borders, language, and culture are our watchwords. Someone said if a general gave a speech like MacArthur's today, he'd be court-martialed and told he was not sensitive enough towards the non-gender participants. In MacArthur's speech, he references the men who would rise from their white crosses, my goodness, how politically challenging that is. Now, it's true that 99 or more percent of the men who are dead in war cemeteries uh, have white crosses over their graves. But we can't know what's real anymore, can we? We cannot allow to say what's real. Everything has to be twisted in order to satisfy the truth mongers, the hate mongers, those who twist reality. And so could a man like MacArthur even survive in the military today. A friend of mine who's a VMI graduate, highly decorated uh, combat veteran, look up to him a lot, told me that they fired, actually he resigned, the head of the VMI, because he insulted somebody there by, I guess, not promoting enough incompetent people who didn't look like uh, a certain way. They got rid of him. The governor of Virginia fired or asked the uh, commandant or commander of the Virginia Military Academy, one of the great men, to resign, or he resigned in order to avoid being fired. Apparently, he offended uh, some of the incompetent people who are being forced on to our great military institutions. That's the world we are living in. And so it doesn't mean I can't listen to the great speeches. If I find a great speech in ancient Greece, I'll listen to it, or I can't listen to it, I'll, I'll read it. If I find a great speech from General MacArthur, I will play it. I grew up having to find inspiration outside of my own limited world. And I have to repeat it again, I had a very limited upbringing. I lived in a very small and narrow world. An immigrant's world is very small and narrow, in case you don't know it. I lived it, I know what it was like. You basically only see and hear from people who look like you, talk like you, and practice the same beliefs that you practice. And anyone outside of that world is considered a stranger, if not a threat. And so when I left that narrow world of my childhood, I had to find inspiration outside of it. It doesn't mean they were bad people. There were some very inspiring things within my own people, but not inspiring me in my own way, in my, in my world. So I reached out and I started to read widely, and I found my inspiration through various biographies, the study of religions, the study of sciences. I found my inspiration through people who against great odds went against the grain, who were called every name under the sun, drilled out of their professions, but kept going anyway. And to this day, I am still inspired by them, whether it be Copernicus or others. It's never been easy for independence to survive in this world. There is a herd mentality. So without getting too far afield from the issues of the day, and I know most of you are bored by now, I would suspect that the uh, average radio tuner has already tuned me out to hear the two sides of the coin. Trump great, 
Biden great. Trump horrible, Biden horrible. Okay, um, that's the way it is. So I don't want to go there. What I want to do is uh, take your calls at 855-400-7282, whether it be on the MacArthur speech or on the following statement, which I'm about to read to you, which I know is going to shock you. I tweeted this last night at 16 hours ago on at a Savage Nation on my Twitter feed. And I wrote this, dangerous demagogue or the greatest American president, what this election comes down to. It finally dawned on me that those who hate Trump are so distorted that they think he's a dangerous demagogue. They're, they're, they're crazy. He's not a dangerous demagogue. On the other hand, those who worship Trump thinks, think he's the greatest American president, which he is not. But I said that the election comes down to the, is he a dangerous demagogue or the greatest American president? What this election comes down to. You understand where I'm coming from, right? Well, I hope you do. But that's the way it comes down. When you see millions and millions of people lining up to vote, why are they voting? What's motivating them? Well, they either think Trump is a dangerous demagogue or he's the greatest American president. We don't know. We'll find out next week, won't we? That's what it comes, comes down to. Now, before I go on to your calls here, there's another quote that uh, MacArthur made at some point, which is, it's from Shakespeare, where he took what Shakespeare wrote and he changed it to this. A general's wife is the general's general. Boy, did that resonate with me. A, it's, a, it's not really Shakespeare. Shakespeare wrote it a little differently, but MacArthur took it to mean a general's wife is the general's general. He was talking about what his wife advised him to do, leave the Philippines at the time where his whole family would have been overrun by the Japanese. So it comes from Shakespeare's Otello, where the character Iago says, you or any man living may be drunk at a time, man. I tell you what you shall do. Our general's wife is now the general. So it wasn't exactly the same as a general's wife is the general's general. But MacArthur was such a literate man as all officers were at that time in American history. They were so knowledgeable. They knew history. They read the greats. They read Plato. They read Aristotle. They read Shakespeare. They read, read Milton. They were literate. Compare what's happened to this country today where there is very little literacy. There's only Twitter, Facebook. Okay, so let's take some calls from you, Regina, in California, line two. What do you have to say today on the program? Hi, Dr. Savage. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to say that if Donald Trump, President Trump starts giving these type of MacArthur speeches, that would worry me. He's not what we look at as a politician. He's not what we expect to give great speeches. Uh, he's a businessman. He speaks like a businessman. I would be concerned if he started out with, you know, started breaking out with speeches like that, with great inspiration. To me, inspiration is watching him for the last three years be completely just over just beaten by the Democrats and the liberals and, you know, someone who's kind so of... So you're saying what he has lived through and overcome is the inspiration itself. Absolutely. I mean, you know, here, here's a man who's not a politician. He's, he's run his own empire and, you know, it never been... Well, a I, remember, I remember before he was elected, I said, vote for a businessman, not a politician. I think you may have seen that in one of my books. And it's why I backed him. I thought that a businessman would be the right cure for this country. And he was the right cure for this country up until 
uh, the epidemic from China was unleashed upon us. And now, of course, the, the, the left-wing fanatics are trying to blame him for the epidemic that is rightly in the hands of the Chinese, whether by accident or on purpose. And I believe it was an accidental escape from their laboratories. I don't believe they purposely inflicted it upon us. But that's a separate story for another time. So you're saying that Trump is inspiring simply for having put up with what he put up with and still getting up from the floor. I got to tell you this. The man had COVID, right? Three days later, he was back on the trail. How did he do that? He is one of the toughest men I've ever seen in my life. He's a real fighter, right? He's got great doctors. I mean, you know, we we could all wish that we... All right. Well, have you read our Fight for America yet? I apologize. I have not. You don't have to apologize. I'll send you a beautiful, fresh, hardcover copy. As long as you answer the following question correctly, where will Michael Savage be as of January 1st, uh, 2021. Would you be able to hear him on this station you're calling from? We got a podcast. Aha. Now, how do you listen to the show now? You must be listening to it on a stream because it's not being podcast live, is it? No, I'm, I'm streaming. Uh, where do you stream it from? Which, which site do you stream it off? KSFO. KSFO. KSFO, right. Most of the people in the country stream it. It's The Savage Nation is the number one streaming show on this uh, local station. All right, stay on the line, Regina. Jim, get this lady's email. We'll send her a book. 855-407-282. Kate in California. See, it's interesting that women are responding to this. Kate, go ahead. What's on your mind? I just wanted to say thank you, Dr. Savage, for playing uh, General MacArthur. It was so inspiring and so, so moving and just so tired of this political correctness where people are so afraid to say what they really believe, but I, I think that um, I think we're on the precipice of something really amazing in this country. And thankfully, with the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett and uh, with the uh, re-election of President Trump, all these people who have been just waiting, biding their time, staying silent will be out, and they're going to be out in force because it's going to be mm. a tsunami. I'm calling from Southern California, from the left coast, from, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, left, the left epicenter, but I think mm. there is a wave that's going to happen in this country that is uh, beyond what anybody... No, you know, you mentioned an interesting point. Thank God that Trump elected several Supreme Court justices because... When Harris becomes president, if God forbid that should happen, they will impose a clampdown on our freedoms in ways we could never even believe would happen in America. We're going to have to sue to express ourselves in the written or verbal form. It will go to the Supreme Court, and we, the American people, will beat the evil forces behind the Biden-Harris Biden ticket that wants to censor everything that we say. They will introduce speech codes. They will throw people off the radio. As you well know, I'm fully aware of that. Remember, I'm the only member of the American media banned in Britain. Now I'm going to be banned in the American uh, radio media. I know what censorship is, and I know what form it comes in. And I will tell you that it's only because we now own the Supreme Court that we, the American people, left, right, and center, will remain a free people thank you so much for calling jim get the ladies address we'll send her our fight for america so back in a minute all right so everyone's asking who's going to win the election that's all anyone wants to know i'm in the media so people think i know more than you do well i don't 
and I really don't. But I'll tell you what I just found. There's some polls out of registered voters who've come out of ballot, uh, you know, voting. And one week before Election Day, a poll just released by UC Berkeley's Institute of Government Studies will indicate something that you're not going to believe. Now, remember, this is in left-wing California. The poll is by a left-wing Institute of Government Studies. So a poll of 6,686 registered voters find the following. There is a ballot initiative called Prop 16 that would allow race, gender, and ethnicity to be used in public employment, education, and contracting decisions. In left-wing California, roll the drums, it's underwater by 10 percentage points and unlikely to pass. So I'm not so sure that the election is over. Even left-wing California is saying thumbs down to the racism of Prop 16 that is unconstitutional at its core, that would allow, allow race, gender, and ethnicity to be used in public employment, education, and contracting decisions. Now, remember, I know something about this. Because way back in the 90s, when I was a mere local talk show host and making waves in San Francisco and California, I ran a rally against using race, gender, and ethnicity to factor into public employment, education, and contracting decisions. And I believe it was Proposition 209. And we had a rally outside the federal courthouse. I had thousands of people. I had truck drivers honking their big rigs going by. And we won. And take a guess what happened. The very same, very same vermin on the left who was trying to push Biden on us shopped the ballot initiative to one rotten, stinking communist judge named Thelton Henderson, who was still living in L.A. Thelton Henderson was with the ACLU. And one rotten, stinking judge destroyed our vote. He ruined the vote of six million people. That's who's behind Biden-Harris. The same radical forces. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. What kind of country are we going to be? Four more years of George, uh, George uh, he uh, is going to find ourselves in a position where if uh, Trump gets elected, uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be in a different world. So he confused George Bush with Trump. What's, that's not a big deal for a president. What's the difference if he doesn't know where he is? And so when they asked him about Hunter Biden, the son, he says there is no controversy about my son. It's a flat lie. Now, everyone knows that's a lie. But because the media is owned by the Democrat Party and they're one and the same, you don't know the truth. And so we don't know who's going to win the, next, the election coming up in a week. Not at all. But I will say their indicators are out there. And uh, the poll just came out today. 
And it's very good news for our side. Even left-wing California is rejecting Proposition 16, which would have permitted race, gender, and ethnicity to factor into public employment, education, and contracting decisions. It is underwater by 10 percentage points and likely to fail. That tells me that this is not a a goner. This election is not over at all. There's a, a groundswell of people who know what's being done in this country. Who knows who's going to win? We really don't know right now. Now, here's a a mild correction. In the last hour, I quoted Proposition 209, and I quoted Thelton Henderson. And one of my tweeters corrected me and said, Thelton Henderson blocked Prop 187 to stem the flow of illegal aliens. We voted to stop them from coming in. It was a huge victory, like 60-40. And this one judge said, no, we're going to flood the, the state with as many illegals as we want. That's, of course, why we have Nancy Pelosi and Dianne Feinstein here for the last 500 years. He said Prop 209 stood and is still his law in California. Thank you, sir, for uh, catching that. In the first hour, I played what is a very inspirational speech by Douglas MacArthur uh, in the voice of Gregory Peck, the great actor, about, to me, a very, very inspiring man. Douglas MacArthur, and I was saying this country needs inspiration in the worst possible way, and just attacking your opponents is not inspiring. I mean, that's one part of leadership, is to attack when you have to, but does that inspire the general public? No, and that's why Trump is in trouble, as important as he is to this nation. I'm sorry to tell you that just by attacking Biden and attacking the left is not enough. That's the real problem here. And that's why I had to dig up an inspiring speech that attacked no one, but inspired everyone by General Douglas MacArthur at West Point. And that leads us to a question, which I tweeted 16 hours ago. Dangerous demagogue or the greatest American president, what this election comes down to, because I believe that's the essence of the election. That explains the lines around the block of people voting. We don't know which way they're voting. If you read uh, one reporter the other day tell you it's on the side of Biden. It's a landslide for Biden, which I find hard to believe that people are this stupid. But yet you don't really know. So let's take some calls right now. Run on line one, San Francisco. Welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Ron on line one. You're on the Savage Nation. Where are you? Ron is gone. Going once, going twice. Goodbye, Jim. Make sure they're there, please. Uh, line number uh, six, Gabriel in California. Gabriel, are you there? Welcome to the program. Yes, sir. Line number six right here. I um, just want to say thank you, Mr. Savage, for, uh, you know, being an inspiration to me. I started listening to you back in September 11, right after I was working right there in uh, Fremont. I had to commute to Oakland, so, you know, I would get stuck on that 880. And, uh, you know, right after, like I mentioned, uh, September 11, I heard this crazy guy screaming on the top of his lungs and i'm like who the heck is this guy you know and then to top it off you know um you know i'm a mexican-american or american of mexican descent and i was born in mexico but i was brought here when i was six months old legally my parents came here legally too then he started talking about borders culture and this is and that like to me it sounded like man that's crazy but the more i you know listen to you i was like okay it's starting to make sense all right well, well as here's the interesting thing the last I checked, the number one race who won yeah. more medals of honor than any other are Hispanics. Am I correct about that? Uh, yeah, yes, definitely. Yep. It's, I think it's still true. 
Now, why do I mention that? It means because Mexican-Americans in particular are extremely patriotic, originally in their home country, and then when they come here, most of them are super patriotic for America. And I think what you came to understand is that any American would support uh, the notion that borders, language, and culture defines their nation. I think that's what you're saying. Am I wrong? What I'm saying is, too, is that, you know, um, a lot of Hispanics, you know, being bilingual, um, you know, I'm able to reach them and talk to them and say, hey, you know what, dude, you, you don't know it, but you're conservative. You don't know this. <laughs> I know. That's absolutely true. They are political conservatives because look look what it, look, what, look, most Hispanic people build their lives on family and work. And most Hispanic people that I have met are not only the hardest working people, but also extremely family oriented. They don't want their son to marry another guy. I mean, let's be very clear. They don't want their daughter to marry another girl. Am I right about that or wrong about that? No, no, you're definitely right. right. All right and let me tell you something. You're not allowed to mention it anymore. You're not allowed to say it anymore, but you ask average Hispanic people what they want. They want their daughter to marry a man and have a family. They want their son to marry a girl and have a family. Okay, let's start with that. The confusion of the genders, the confusion of the sex, the hatred for the country, they're not into that. Let me, let me just Gabriel, thank you for um, saying that just you like me one now. More, one more thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I believe that, you know, like you said, California, I don't know. Everywhere I go, I see Trump supporters, you know, I see Trump flags. But I'm going to say this, it might seem a little crazy, but I believe that the Latino community, you know, is going to help, you know, this Trump victory that I believe is going to happen. Because, um, you know, back in 20, 2016, uh, Trump hasn't lost any supporters, maybe a minimal, minimal. But he's picked up a lot of Latinos, a lot of Hispanics, a lot of blacks. Well, uh, tell me if I'm mistaken in this. Most Hispanic men are extremely macho in their thinking. Is that still correct? Well, you know what? We, we understand authority. We portray. Okay. Le- okay. Look at it. You could look at it that way. And you like a president who is authority, an authority figure who is strong and speaks his mind. I think that's the truth as well. So that's, that's, the, that's the truth right there. Absolutely. Right. Hispanic men don't like wimps and they don't like liars. They don't like people who don't tell them what they really think. And I can't imagine that Hispanic men like Biden very much. They see what he is. A lifetime politician who's a confused old man. It doesn't mean he's evil. He's a confused old man. He's a puppet. He'll do whatever the party tells him to do. How do you feel about Kamala Harris? No, well, she, she's, she's a danger, danger, uh, a dangerous woman to our, to our nation, especially, you know, when she was out in San Francisco, you know, I was raised in Hayward, uh, lived in Oakland for a while, for, in, uh, you know, in the East Bay. And you guys were like, you know, 30 minutes away from us. But she wasn't helping the minority community a lot at all. You know, she was she was just quite the opposite. Yeah, well, she, well, she was locking she was locking minorities up, wasn't she? Right. And, and now, you know, it's kind of crazy how all these, you know, you know, I know they're rappers and not that cup of tea. But you see a lot of these rappers and artists are, you know, some of these are coming out and say, wait a minute. You know, we don't want this Biden and Kamala Kamala Harris ticket. You know, we don't want them to uh, succeed. We want, you know, I don't think people are as gullible as the Democrat machine thinks they are, Gabriel. I really do not. But I'm so happy to have your listenership to the program. Please stay on the line. We'll send you a fresh copy of Our Fight for America because you're a warrior and the war continues. Our Fight for America. Boy, is it going to be ugly after this election. You know, you look forward. Whoever wins, Tell me, let's play it out in our heads. Imagine what's going to happen if Trump pulls it out of the hat again and wins. Tell me what's going to happen.
Antifa will have to be put down like the mad dogs that they are. He will have to call out the military. You'll have to see what has been done in this country during insurrections before. It's a horrible thought, but the local police have been neutralized. The local liberal mayors, the uh, state governors will not control them. And so I'm afraid that we're going to see horror here if Trump wins. But let's turn it around. What if Biden-Harris pull it off? Do you think we're going to have peace on earth and goodwill to man? Think about it and get back to me. I'm Michael Savage. Savage. Well, it's a week before Election Day. Who is going to win? We don't know. But there are indicators it may not be what you think. Here in California... A week before Election Day, a poll was just released by the left-wing UC Berkeley Institute of Government Studies about two California ballot measures that are in tight races. And they polled 6,686 registered voters, and here is what they found. There is a ballot initiative called Proposition 16 that would allow race, gender, and ethnicity to factor into public employment, education, and contracting decisions and it's underwater by 10 points. It is unlikely to pass. There is another measure, Prop 21, a rent control measure. Again, a left-wing dream, which is rent control. It would allow local governments to enact rent control on housing that was first occupied over 15 years ago. It is underwater by 10 points among survey respondents. So two measures, two ballot initiatives, that you would think would be ahead in left-wing California or behind in left-wing California. So now let's extrapolate that out to the national race. Does the same apply to Trump versus Biden? I do not know. I have no idea. But I think that even if Biden and Harris should win, it's going to be much, much closer than all of the websites and all of the pollsters and all of the empty skirts are predicting. I think there is a groundswell of support for Trump, even in left-wing California, that has not been seen. In a neighborhood that I frequent, everywhere I go, I see Biden-Harris signs. I see ugly, disgusting messaging on people's lawns against Trump supporters. And I have to say to myself, well, we believe in free speech. I have it on the radio. They have the right to tune out my show. I have the right to look the other way. And it's hard for me to do so. But it's something curious to me. You know what that is? How come those of us on the Trump side don't put up Trump signs? How come those on the Trump side don't put up signs insulting the demagogues on the left? It's a simple reason. It's because the Biden supporters are the violent ones. You heard me right. They're emboldened. They are empowered. And they think that they're above the law. That explains why Black Lives Matter gets away with violence, as they did over the weekend in New York City. There was a caravan of Jews for Trump. Most of them were very religious families in their cars. They were viciously attacked by the peace-loving Black Lives Matter thugs. When I drive by and I see churches with Black Lives Matter on the front lawn, when I see synagogues supporting Black Lives Matter in particular, I ask myself, how do they not understand that BLM is not their friend? How do they not understand that? 
How did they not say one word about the thugs who have decimated downtown Portland, decimated police around the country? How did they not see what will come if you take down the police? I just shake my head in wonderment. Again, I have to go back to my own childhood. I was told by my father over and over again, if you're ever pulled over by a cop, I was 17, 18, just got a license, who remembers? And he took us aside and he said, listen, here's the way it works. If a cop pulls you over for any traffic violation, don't play lawyer with him. Don't open your mouth. Don't try to argue with him. Take the ticket and say, yes, sir. Thank you very much. And he said, fight the ticket in court if you think you're right. That's all. Don't get out and open your big mouth. Don't get out and try to scream at him. Who are these people who are fighting with the police? You think that they're peace-loving victims? Most of them are not peace-loving victims. And when are you going to get it through your heads to understand the following? If you were a criminal, if you were a drug dealer, for example, in a region that is largely poor people in a poor neighborhood, and all your customers were in that neighborhood, and the only thing standing between you, the drug dealer, and your customers is the police, which side would you back? Wouldn't you uh, side the stupid white liberal girls who are marching about defunding police departments? Wouldn't you laugh all the way to the Swiss bank, all the way to the uh, gold coin armory? Don't you understand who is behind this anti-police rhetoric in this country? You can't put two and two together? Well, most of us can. And I can guarantee you if there was a ballot initiative, a national one, on whether to defund the police, it would fail by probably 80-20. But you don't see any such initiatives. Because most Americans understand that without the police, without the thin blue line, we will have what is going on in Portland across America. But what happens if uh, Biden wins? Catherine in New York, what do you think would happen if Biden wins? If Biden wins, uh, we will have a short period of, quote-unquote, peace. And then Antifa will come up, or Black Lives Matter, more to the point, will come up. And they won't just enrage people over one thing or another. But another point that I do want to make, Michael, is on race, gender, and ethnicity. If you're basing employment, et cetera, on that, you're telling everybody of a different race, gender, or ethnicity that they're not good enough, smart enough, or wise enough to make it on their own. It's like a mother doing a child's homework. That's exactly 100% right. That's why I have opposed affirmative action for my entire life because it was moving people ahead based upon not quality and I will say this I wrote this many years ago without quality there can be no equality no one's beaten those words without quality there can be no equality when I go into a commercial airliner I want to know that that pilot got there because he's a great pilot not because he or she was pushed forward by affirmative action because if we don't stop this madness the day will come when we will hear that people who are blind have the right to fly a commercial jet as well. That is what will happen. That's how crazy this is becoming. Thanks for contributing to the dialogue today on the Savage Nation, Catherine. Stay on the line. We'll send you a fresh, beautiful hardcover copy of Our Fight for America because the battle will just begin next week and we've got to know the players to know which side to fight on. Savage. Duty 
honor, country. Those three hallowed words reverently dictate what you ought to be, what you can be, and what you will be. They are your rallying points. They give you a temper of the will, a quality of the imagination, a vigor of the emotions, a freshness of the deep springs of life, a temperamental predominance of courage over timidity, an appetite for adventure over love of ease. In this way, they will teach you to be an officer and a gentleman. That was the great speech by Douglas MacArthur that I played at the beginning. Of course, it's enacted by Gregory Peck in the movie MacArthur from 1977, which I highly recommend. The line in that speech that stuck with me was an appetite for adventure over love of ease. Now, compare that to what we hear today in the media. An appetite for adventure over love of ease. In this way, they will teach you to be an officer and a gentleman. So we're taught to love ease, take the easy way out, take the PPP money. Don't do anything that's too hard. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it. Uh, you know, if it feels good, do it. That kind of thing. And uh, to Americans today, the word adventure means, I don't know what it means. What does it mean? What did, what did MacArthur mean by adventure compared to now? Anyway, the fact is, this was a very moving speech by MacArthur. I understand he wrote it on the spot, or he actually spoke it on the spot to the uh, uh, folks at West Point when he was bidding them. It was his farewell address. And he said, this does not mean that you're warmongers. He says, on the contrary, the soldier above all other people prays for peace, for he must suffer and bear the deepest wounds and scars of war. That is so perfectly put. And that's the opposite of the leftist rhetoric in our nation, where the policeman who is the warrior of the street, the soldier of the street, is turned into something he is not. They are not warmongers. They're not racists. They are the ones bearing the deepest wounds and scars of Black Lives Matter and uh, of Antifa because they're not allowed to fight back. Their hands have been tied by the Biden folks. Never forget, though, that this battle has only just begun. It is not over by any means. And we do not know what will happen after next Tuesday. I mean, the bets are on, but the results are not. There's only one indicator that I read to you earlier, and I think it's a positive one. Two extremely troublesome ballot initiatives in California uh, that you would think would be a slam dunk are going down to defeat. And both of them are backed by the left wing in this state. Even left wing California is rejecting the use of race, gender and hiring. It, a, a poll has found that Proposition 16, which would allow such anti-constitutional issues such as race, gender, and ethnicity to factor into public employment, education, and contracting decisions, is underwater by 10 percentage points and, and going down in defeat. So is local rent control. So if even these ballot initiatives are showing rejection by the general votership in California, we still don't know what's going to happen with the Trump versus Biden uh, results next week. We're all sitting here and waiting and watching. Follow me uh, online at michaelsavage.com. In the interim, I want to thank you very much for not only today's listenership, but all the wonderful years. Thanks for listening.
Westwood One Podcast Network. 